Hi, Stephanie here. I am an entrepreneur, lobbyist, wife, mother, book lover, and political junkie. I think gender equality is still a work in progress in our homes, our workplaces, and our politics. And I love to learn, especially from other women. So I started Women Don't Do That, a podcast and blog to talk about issues women care about today and to inspire us to do whatever it is we think we can't do. Thanks, Laura and Sarah, for being here today. Happy to be here. Yay. Thank you for inviting us. Mm -hmm. We did a similar podcast in the summer about motherhood, and we're back today to talk about friendships. Um, So I thought maybe what we'll do is give everybody a bit of a context about kind of where we are in our lives, and then we can jump into some of the questions. For those who maybe didn't hear the podcast episode before uh, with us, we are roommates and friends from university and have stayed really close. And so it makes it fun to be having this conversation today. Laura, why don't you kick off with a bit of uh, introductions about yourself and your context right now? Yeah, sure. I am Laura. I am living in Ottawa right now, very close to Stephanie, actually, although we don't see each other very much, (laughs) which maybe we'll get into. I have a one-year-old and I, well, actually he's 14 months tomorrow and I will be going back to work for the federal public service in January. Okay. Very much looking forward to that. Yes. Okay. Sarah, what about you? Well, um, Laura and I actually have a similar life stage at the moment because I have a 15 month old who's with me right now. And um, I'm also going back to work for the provincial public service uh, in Ontario in January as well. And I live about an hour northwest of Toronto. Um, So kind of part of the GTA, but it's sort of out of it (laughs) in a more rural setting. And I have three kids, uh, two boys that are almost nine and seven, which is crazy. And then our daughter, who's 15 months. And that's, yeah, that's kind of where you find me. Thank you for being here. For those of you who maybe are new to me as well, I live in Ottawa, like Laura said, not too far from her. And I am an entrepreneur. I own my own business doing public affairs. My kids are older now. They are almost 12, which is crazy, and nine. So that's kind of the stage uh, that I am at and really enjoying the entrepreneurial journey. And then the podcast is something I do on the side and that I just enjoy doing. So we're going to dive into a conversation about friendship. What do your adult friendships look like? Maybe we'll start with you, Laura. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I would say my friendships have changed a lot since the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. I think pre-pandemic, um, a few things. I lived downtown. I did not have a baby. Mm-hmm. I was involved in a lot of, uh, quote-unquote, extracurriculars. I had a lot of acquaintances, and I did a lot of, you know, going to events and parties and seeing people that way and a lot of my socializing was done through you know volunteer work or work work Mm -hmm. 
since the pandemic that it has changed a lot um i've lost a lot of those connections and so i've really found that i've had to make an effort to focus on the people who really matter to me and i've let go of a lot of the relationships that <laughs> were more superficial so i feel like um a lot of my close friends have gotten closer and my husband and i i think also have created friendships with other couples and <laughs> little group <laughs> settings um, little groups of people that i didn't have before and i i really i really appreciate that actually mm, that's really interesting sarah what about yourself what do your adult friendships look like well as a little bit of backstory just to start i would say i grew up moving a lot when I was younger so I became very adept at making friends easily and I still to this day don't really know if I'm truly an expert or introvert because I am pretty friendly and I think it's just a learned skill that I had but um that's another conversation for another day so yes I had so I have I feel like I've always had a strong network of friends and if anything our roommates were the first ones where like like our group of girls was my first time having like a solid actual group and that is truly like my only group that's like stayed throughout my adult life like otherwise I have lots of like individual friendships and you know those kinds of things um sometimes we've had um different couple um friendships but for various reasons maybe those don't pan out over time but yeah, and then we moved just before the pandemic started in January 2020. So new place, and it's only 20 minutes from where we used to live, but it's far enough that, you know, you have to kind of still work to maintain those friendships. So I guess I want to say that maintaining long distance friendship, even in this stage of life with young kids where it's like 20 minutes away, that's nothing new for me. Like that's, I was modeled for me because of just always being living in Ontario where we have family in BC or whatnot. But at the same time, there have been bouts of loneliness where maybe I haven't had a close local friend or something like that. Mm -hmm. Sarah's family, like, <laughs> like many of our families, are uh, sick right now. That's really interesting to reflect on and, and interesting to think about the, the impact of the pandemic on that. I, I feel like I've had lots of acquaintances, certainly meeting a lot of people through work, but with the pandemic, it has become more isolating. I'm very close with my family. My sister-in-laws both live in Ottawa, but I still feel like my closest friends are, I do have some sort of out of our university friend group, but a lot of them really are from that university friend group. And I think it's hard to build those deep, meaningful connections with, with people you meet later in life. I think when you live together, you become so much more closer faster and we struggle with having couple friends to do stuff with uh that's something that that I've been longing for but there's definitely been even though I have people in my life there's definitely been loneliness and I think as Sarah said like wanting to have really close people that that live really close to you like you know a bestie next door or something right like right there to to help each other out I'm slowly developing that, I guess, with some of my neighbors, but it takes time. Well, and that's not the same kind of relationship. Like, I, I think I think we see a lot in 
I want to say media, but more, you know, sitcom TV shows and stuff like that. You know, a lot of them are based around these friendships that are, you, they live really close together and they yeah. see each other all the time. Mm-hmm. But really, once you are done school, it's not super realistic. Yeah. I, I think where it comes for me, Laura, yes, the sitcom world, but also it was modeled to me and my, my parents had friends like that, that they did life with. Right. And mm-hmm. which is kind of a surprise because the kids were not the same age at all. Their kids of the other family were, were much older than us. And also our relatives lived very close to us when we were younger. <laughs> Every Sunday we got together as like a wider group of cousins and we all went to the same school. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that that country rule, uh, close friendship piece. But yes, I would say for the most part, it's really what you see in TV. But for me, it was actually modeled in my in my everyday life, and so I yearn for that. I think after growing up with it being modeled for me, what have you found to be the most challenging part of maintaining adult friendships? <laughs> Something that definitely comes up when we've talked about this is how do you keep those friendships? Well, I, I think the pandemic really um, put friendships through a, a sifter, if you will, right? Like what was going to make it out? And even if it didn't look exactly the same coming through, but it looked like, like with one of my closest friends, it looked like just um, continuing to te- te- text message, yes, a text message on a regular basis. Um, or or phone and she's more of an introvert so she might not always initiate but it reminded me then when I was listening to another mentor over the years that sometimes you just are an initiator and sometimes you just aren't so I think to not take as a measure of someone's value of you as a friend whether or not they initiate a lot like I, I think there's a tendency to just be like oh it's always on me therefore like I'm just gonna forget about them and not pursue this relationship anymore when sometimes it in order to have friends you just have to be the initiator and it's just is what it is it's so that's helped me your comfort yeah. zone right like sometimes yeah yeah or just not getting all grudgy about it right just being like you know what everyone's busy and just trying to extend the grace for <laughs> other friends that I hope they would extend for me when I'm you know just yeah you are so chatty busy with the day-to-day life um that is going you know in in my world so yeah, those are some pieces that are like part of that that maintaining friendship. But basically, it just it does take some work. It doesn't have to be a lot. It can just be small things. But it's about that connection piece, right? And mm-hmm. um, and maintaining those in in some way, or shape, or form. But it's going to look a lot different than the best friend you had in your English class that you're passing notes to, because proximity <laughs> isn't a main factor now. It's a choice, right? Yeah, I think there's some good things there. You talked about it being work, which, I, right? Like you have to put effort in. And I do think that stepping into your comfort zone is a really big deal because I'll hear people say sometimes that they don't have many close friends, but um, I also get the sense that they're not doing anything to initiate. So it, that can be a piece of it. Okay, Laura, what have you found to be the most challenging part of maintaining adult friendships? Yeah, so I think, I think for me, the most challenging part is, um, well, partly deciding who I want to maintain friendships with. Mm. And 
understanding that I'm going to have, it's almost like a spectrum of friendships or like different levels of friendship. You know, not everybody is going to be as intimately, I don't know, part of my life as, as every other person. And a lot of that has to do with, I'm finding as I get older, um, the history we have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for instance, I find that with our friendship, with this group, um, because we did live together and we lived together at such a key point in our lives when we were really just, you know, crossing that threshold into adulthood. Um, I think that what we developed is is almost more of a family relationship. Like, I don't even think of you all as friends. I think of you as family. Like, I would drop anything to for any of you if you needed something. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, it's just understanding that I'm not going to have that relationship with all of the friends in my life as an adult, mm. that some of them are going to be people that I just say hi to when I see them. And some of them are going to be people that I know much, much more about their day-to-day lives. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's so much to say. That's to that makes, question. That's very thought-provoking for me, Laura, because it makes me think about the fact that with some of my day-to-day local people that I've seen I've wanted to replicate some of what we have but maybe I don't need to right like maybe I don't need to yeah those are really good points and for sure I wanted to hit on that in this conversation that just like we aren't gonna have a really good relationship with our spouses if we expect them to fill like every role out there I think it's the same with friends is that it, we have to give ourselves freedom to let our friend or give our friends freedom to not everybody be a bestie right like you can have a friend who's who you meet with because your kids are in the same sports together or you're in the same like in my case like a gardening club or we do or our kids are in school together but it's that whole idea of they're there for a season and maybe it'll blossom into something stronger but I think it's also about how many um, ties you get over how many connections you build and the other hard part of friendship in adult life too I think is sometimes these these seasons end really quickly and without warning and so they change and sometimes it's because of I don't know the recent turbulent politics in the last few years or maybe there's personal circumstances in their lives or yours that just change what makes your friendship viable and so I think to me, as I get older, I just appreciate the precious nature of the friends I have. And I try to hold them with a little bit more of an open hand because it's like, you don't know how long you might be friends with somebody. And um, yeah, so that, that's part of it. One of the things that I think I have found challenging with friendships has been like when you're available or what works for your schedule doesn't necessarily work for your friends. Your kids could be in different activities. I found when I was younger uh, with when my kids were little, I was able to, or wanted to go out once in a while with my friends, but a lot of people didn't feel like they could leave their kids and, and that could be challenging. And even now I just signed up for a gym membership. And when I was doing that, the guy was like, oh, I can give you 
a week free for like a friend to come and join you. And I was like, I don't even know who I would ask. Like most of my friends are moms and they're just really busy. And when I was going starting this journey with the gym I'm very much working my gym schedule around like my kids activities and really when it works best for me and I can imagine those odd times working for some other mom and being like okay Laura we're getting a gym pass and then on this Tuesday from this random time that works for me is the only time I will go with you right like it just it doesn't work that way and you know it it is just very challenging you know, with our schedules, a few other things that that come to mind for me, I'm very extroverted and uh, try now, but when we were younger, did a lot more of organizing groups of friends and things. And one of the things I would want to share with people is that if you're feeling awkward, like most of the other people are feeling awkward too, and like, that's okay. Or if you're feeling like you want or need to make friends, um, the other people could be feeling that way too. Like it's okay to kind of have those awkward feelings and I think the other thing that is a challenge for people sometimes is that it's okay to mix friend groups um and I had this recently somebody was trying to host a party and they were a little bit nervous about mixing groups of people and I was like I mean sure it could be awkward but it it really is okay to do and I recently got invited to like a wine club thing once a month with women. And when I got the the text, I only knew one person. It was quite a big group of ladies. Um, and I went to the first one recently. And I did actually recognize some of the other faces in the room, but I really didn't know many of them. So we all just kind of started by sharing how we knew the host, right? And then you get chatting and find connections throughout the room, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, those are some of the things that I've been thinking about more recently. Yes, I think when I first thought about this question, Stephanie, you've reminded me that I was thinking the most challenging part of maintaining adult friendships is time. Yes. Just finding the time. And like you said, it's finding the time when your schedules align. Yeah. Because, yeah, you and I were chatting earlier. It's like it used to be that you could just at random call a friend and get together and you would both be free. (laughs) Or very easily be like tomorrow we can meet up or something but that just doesn't happen anymore no and Laura I mean even how many times in the last couple months have we tried to get together and then somebody is sick right and like right you just can't um easily do that and it it is it is that time piece is definitely complicated for sure in terms of finding time that works I guess what I would say is like we're pretty good at like keeping at it like eventually we'll try again pick some dates and you have to just because it's hard to get together doesn't mean that it's not worth it and people don't want to too I would say like keep keep asking and lots of people will tell you even if they can't come they do want you to ask and that can be hard right because at some point you're like I feel like I have to stop asking but I I, like yeah like, like giving it a couple tries and the other thing, you know, that I, I know we might get to at the end of the conversation with like tips and tricks, but we as a group have been using the Voxer app for like five years. Yes. And that really helps a lot of the time piece because you can just leave a message up to 15 minutes at a time whenever you have a moment. And then your friends don't have to listen to it until they have time. And there's been lots of times in all those years where, you know, many of us will go like weeks without listening because we're just caught up in life or, you know, where we're responding all the time or what have you and you can send videos and texts and 
keep that chat going and like that has really kept our adult friendship alive because we've gotten so much we were always close we have gotten so much closer like yeah. it's so funny to me that we live in different parts of Canada and I know your day-to-day lives sometimes yeah. exactly like being like Sarah has this tomorrow and I just yes. think for people who don't actually live that close that's so rare but it's yeah. from that app and it's also helped us support each other through like as a collective like some of life's most difficult things like loss of an infant um loss of a father like just marriage difficulties and just like personal setbacks and family dynamics and children issues and like all kinds of things and work issues and we championed each other through all the best successes right like professional success and personal triumphs so it's been a really great way to keep our friendships going when you can't have face-to-face time. And, yeah. um, and another thing too, is like, we all used to, like typically, especially before the pandemic, we set in motion, um, emotions may not be right, but we would have a yearly girls trip, right? A weekend. And so somehow we make the time yeah. and we just, we just did one this year, finally, after a two year break. And like, so even though, yeah, so it's like, I might not, you might only, like, I might only see you guys in the flesh like once a year yeah and that's like on paper so not enough no but but that does help right so I I think it's a I think a big piece of adult friendship is about managing expectations Mm -hmm. of what we did in high school and in university days and or even before kids right and then it's as life gets busier you just have to I think just like hang on just like hang on to the friends you have and be open to like where in your life you could deepen some connections that you already have and and there it just it it can be a beautiful mix of different relationships that can kind of ebb and flow and maybe not every it's like a garden you know maybe not everything's blooming at exactly the same time but there's kind of flower for each season and for each little micro season that's so funny. Sarah's gotten really into gardening. <laughs> Laura and I are kind of giggling. Um, I, no think, I think one of the principles that we've held for that group text to in case other people want to emulate something like this is to really hold a space where there's no judgment. And all of us have shared some of the hardest, <laughs> most biggest challenges that we have ever experienced in our lives. And that's definitely not something you're going to be able to do with everybody. And I think just that piece of allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. And most of us have done that with each other and people have just been really supportive and and uplifting has really made a difference. I want to jump in to talk about more and we've already covered it a little bit, but how do you make friends as adults? Because maybe you've moved, maybe things have changed because of COVID. Like how do you, develop those relationships now that is such a good question and I feel like for me the obvious thing is look at the relationships you already have Mm -hmm. and you know maybe you do have those friendships in your life and you just haven't been nurturing them as we've been talking about I think that's that's something that I learned through the pandemic it's it's learning who I needed to or yeah, what relationships needed more more time and effort than the others. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that I did actually have a lot of people in my life, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't really need to search outside of that too, too much. Yeah, and I feel, 
I feel very lucky to have that. Like I, I mm-hmm. don't, I don't know what I would do if I had to start from scratch. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people say like join join clubs and do these things and whatever but like it's very hard to develop that those deep connections with people until you've gone through life together Mm -hmm. so I like what you shared because it's not even just who's already in your life maybe there's some strong relationships that you just haven't seen the last couple years that are are worth investing in again too right? Instead of just focusing on, on new ones. Sarah, what would you add to that? Well, when we moved here to our new place, um, just almost three years ago, we did have to start from scratch in terms of our neighborhood. And the first year, especially being 2020, that first year of the pandemic, like we really didn't get to know a lot of people. Our next door neighbors ended up becoming pretty close to us and a couple doors down. But in the last, like, and then the last two years, it's been so much better. And especially as we got to know folks who are also in the school community and other things but you know it's also just you know while you're out walking say hi maybe get to know someone's dog like you have a dog or or not and and also like being vulnerable and be ready to ask for help my husband is very generous with all the tools and things he has and his skills and he's kind of a guy magnet for <laughs> so I ended up like making friends is never his problem if anything it's like whoa slow down buddy <laughs> we have so many we can't possibly nurture all these <laughs> relationships so I've also met a lot of the the ladies in the neighborhood through my husband because he's has all the guys over with the cars and things, but you know, or you just little by little, it's like, oh, okay. So I meet, you know, someone's in the neighborhood and she's been here for a while and she's friends with this person and you know, or there's a bunch of us in the neighborhood who have babies now. And it's like, okay, just and we're not a big neighborhood, but just taking the moment to just make the most of literally like where I am. So I think like starting where you are, like building on Laura's point is important and also like friends could be outside of your age demographic as well I think being open to maybe there's friendship opportunities with folks who are you know a couple decades ahead or even behind if, if yeah. you will um so I think that's been part and also like I joined the local garden club like I did that and it was hysterical to me that like on the first night as I was meeting folks who were definitely several decades older than me which was wonderful they're like, oh, there's so many of them live in my neighborhoods. So now I'm making connections with actual neighbors and folks who have a, a shared interest. So I think there's different ways you can go about looking for connections, right? It's like, just, but like, basically like, where are you crossing past people? Or maybe you always run into somebody at the coffee shop or what have you. And then I think it's also just being okay that it could be a little awkward. Like you yes. were saying, like, it, it does it's not all just going to be like insta gilmore girl connection like you might have to be like hey like would you like to meet up for coffee sometime or you want to go for a walk or you know just just reaching out and just doing simple things and then just seeing if you have something from there and yeah. i've heard it said that it takes like six to eight times together to like really feel like you're like a, a thing like you have like a like a friend connection you know so this girl because <laughs> she's like pulling your hair and she should be in bed and she's not um yeah so I think, you know and I, a friend in town who now is becoming a really good friend you know the first couple times we met I felt like yeah yeah I think there's something here but it's as we've done things over the seasons of collecting things for our winter porch baskets or checking out the I don't know the cute little shops in town or something like that or just going for a walk in the summer or hmm. those kinds of things really help and then you know when my daughter was born 
and she had a really traumatic birth and we needed a lot of help just for the unexpected recovery and everything like then I some of those connections deepened because people were so willing to help or they could take our boys because they're right here you know and so that's how you start developing those connections I think just being okay it can take time yes that's a good point it can take time I also loved how you said like it can start by just saying hi to your neighbor I wanted to share uh, an extreme extrovert like and things that I've done with my neighbors is when we first moved into our new house, we did an open house because I thought, you know, people want to see what your house looks like. They're curious to see if you've renovated what you've done. And basically everybody came uh, and it was great. It was a great way to connect people. I've also texted some of the moms and said, you know, do you want to come over on, on a Friday evening? We have a pool, which helps. So there's definitely like ways that you can do it, but it's, it's somewhat to what we were talking about earlier is you do have to step out of your comfort zone. Sometimes it might be a little bit scary, but it it starts with doing those kinds of things and you slowly get to know them more, right? Like you, you see them, maybe, maybe you have them over once a month for something. And then you see them at the bus stop and you say hi at your car. Um, And more, more recently we're seeing people, there's different kinds of apps. I saw in my neighborhood recently, they started a mother's group specific to like our small neighborhood and uh and I can I'm on it and I can see the moms meeting up and saying oh or saying I'm new my child's you know three does anybody want to meet up with me so that's been really cool I want to close things off by asking if you can share one lesson that you've learned about friendship to close things off Sarah do you want to start yeah for sure it's worth the effort (laughs) because life is hard and you need friends who can walk alongside you to help like hold up your arms and help you take the next step. But also life is wonderful and it makes it sweeter when you have friends who you can share that joy with when things are going well. And I just think we're meant to do life together in community and community can look a thousand different ways. But the lesson for me is just Friendship is always worth the effort, even for the hurts I've had and the losses I've had in friendship over the years. You know, it's like, it doesn't mean I'm going to give up and throw in the towel. It means, you know, you take those, those experiences to the next friendships. I like that. What about you, Laura? I think just going back to what we had touched on before, um, Sarah and I, in kind of different ways that not everybody is going to be your bestie and that you have you know different different levels of friendship different you know acquaintances to best friends um the full spectrum of of all the different things all the different um, parts of community and all the different things that you might need for different aspects of life and at different times and they might not all last forever and that's okay and um i think that's that's probably the biggest thing that that you don't mm. have to have a a perfect relationship with everybody at all times Mm -hmm. oh that's a great point to end on I just want to add that if listeners are feeling lonely to know that that's okay because I think we've all felt lonely at different points even though we've had each other especially during the pandemic and also that if some friendships fade or end that that's okay too 
and it doesn't have to be a big dramatic thing or anything. It it just happens sometimes and that that's okay too. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We're going to close things off and let baby Elise go to sleep. Thank you both for joining me to have this conversation today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Women Don't Do That. I hope you feel inspired to do whatever it is you think you can't do. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Stay connected on Twitter and Instagram at Women Don't Do That. I would love to have you join the conversation, so make sure you join our next Instagram Live. Find all our podcast and blog content at womendontdothat.com. Join me next time.